Hey there. If you'd like to help us out, you can go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use the Amazon links there. Those are affiliate links that will send you to the regular Amazon you know and love, and uh, you buy what you're going to buy, and we get a kickback from it. This is a super low effort way to help out the shows at no extra cost to yourself. So once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Thanks. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. Oh, hello. Still alive, are you? I need more patience. There aren't many humans left, I know. But find me every last one you can. We must find a way to surpass our own stupidity. You're one of the bright ones. Don't you see how much this means? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Bob Mackey. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a hunter's favorite. Yes, and this week we are talking about the Forbidden Woods um, and some pretty cool stuff that happens adjacent to in some kind of diverticula of the Forbidden Woods. And as you heard, we're joined by Bob Mackey of usgamer.net, Something Awful, and the Retronauts podcast. Thanks for having me hey. back. I really enjoy the show. Oh, thanks, Bob. We and, really enjoy and the having network. you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No. And as I say, you guys well. work way harder than I do, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, I do feel slightly guilty. It's like you have 15 podcasts and it's just like I, I feel like uh kind of uh weary about doing one well sometimes, but um you guys are are really hard workers and I uh I admire that. Oh, well that means you. a lot. Thank you. You you're a very frequent guest on the show. You're you're coming up on the Jeremy Greer <laughs> number Ooh. of of being uh, I think you're you're number 2 because you've been on uh, every season of the show. I I want had. a sash or something mailed to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you the second place, Sash, the after, oh, after no. Jeremy, as far as numbers. Well, you can, you can still ramp it up there if you want to. Better guard that Sash, so, Jeremy. I'm coming after it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, people who are listening to the show probably uh, probably know Bob. But for people who don't, um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what you do and then also um, your relation to these, these games? Well, I uh, my... I think my favorite thing I do is Retronauts, which is, sorry, Retronauts, which is a, a classic gaming podcast. It comes out every week. Go to retronauts.com or usgamer.net to check that out. And Gary's been on it. I will have Cole on it whenever that's possible. Um, yeah. But Gary is, has come out here a few times, so we've managed to get him on. And like I said, I also mm -hmm. work for usgamer.net, and we only write about video games, which is great. <laughs> and uh, what else do I do? Yeah, something awful. I've been mm -hmm. doing that for 10 years this December. So, oh, uh, wow. If you want to check out my comedy writing there, go to somethingawful.com, and I've got, like, hundreds of articles to read. Some of them are funny. Yeah. Dude, that Minion yes. <laughs> article, like, the with, with the Minion memes was just sublime. Everybody oh, thank go you. That was that. born of just pure hatred and spite. <laughs> all, all the best comedy comes from anger. Like, yeah, that, that's I what agree. Mr. Show taught me. Like, <laughs> you know, the... the uh, yeah, and and I can't say enough good things about Retronauts. It's one of uh, I've said this before, but it's one of like a handful of podcasts I've listened to every episode of. So, and I um, do want to correct myself. Earlier, I said doing one podcast is kind of wearying. I love it, but it is a lot of work. So um, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like doing the podcast. I love doing the podcast so much. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my favorite thing, like I said. But you guys work 
like five times harder. You have to, and I'm just amazed by the amount of uh, content you put out. Hey, yeah, I, I, hopefully our listeners aren't going to put your feet to the fire. Yeah, too much about that. You can <laughs> like we can speak freely here. It's a safe, safe space. <laughs> oh, can I mention one other yeah, thing? I recently, do? not to go on too long. Go ahead. Were you going to talk about your new podcast? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do a new podcast with the Laser Time Network. It's called Talking Simpsons, and we do an episode for every episode of The Simpsons. Oh, wow. We're starting with season one, and that is a Patreon exclusive for them. So if you want to listen to it, you have to go to uh, patreon.com slash laser time. And I believe it's $5 a month will get you that podcast every week and a whole lot of other extra stuff. And Laser Mm -hmm. Time is great, by the way. So check them out if you like pop culture, geeky, nerd stuff. I think they do. (laughs) Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. And not geeky like in the uh, loot crate way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's not the Ernest Klein geeky. It's the safe. <laughs> yeah. It's our geeky guys. The uh, I'm always happy when um, uh, the Laser Time guys show up on Retronauts as well. Like Henry Gilbert mm-hmm. um, ends up on there. He's a great guest. Yeah, I, it's been more. great getting them on the show and you know befriending all those folks uh, within the past few years. Yeah, nice, super cool. All all recommended things. Um, what did we do last time, Cole? Well, previously uh, in the last kind of mainline episode, we took a stroll down Hemwick Charnel Lane. Uh, and we uh, got an eyeful of some witches uh, before getting a rune tool and uh, remembering, hey, somebody told us a password and we probably have to do something with it. It's the so real quick, even before we start the area, like it's not explicitly a password. <laughs> it's so like this took me a little while to figure it out. Like if you go to the door first and someone says, uh, what, are, what what's the password? You could reasonably think like it's this thing that got repeated in that cutscene a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, that requires a little bit of a leap. It does. It definitely does. Like, it just sounds like a mantra that uh, uh, this old man in this cutscene says at the end of this, you know, kind of climactic conversation that he has in the in the flashback uh, that you get. Uh, it's only a password by sheer, you know, dint of the fact that it shows up as a password when you talk to this person. Yeah. And it, it's also, it, it's a way um, that, like, a door has never been locked in that way mm-hmm. in, a, in a Souls game. Like, it's just kind of the we we talked about a lot in the season, but the weird way that like some of these people are still alive and there are still there are more agents kind of active in Bloodborne than any other Souls game. Like this mm-hmm. kind of speaks to that. Like there's a gatekeeper keeping a password. Like that's not a <laughs> that's not a Souls thing. Is it inferred that the uh, the church has like sealed off uh, the path to Bergenworth? Yeah, it's okay. an, yeah, or not, not the uh, not the church, the um, the you know Bergenworth himself. I think Master Willem. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure like who had who was barring the path to that uh, that location. You wouldn't, you know, nobody would blame you for thinking that they old yardumed it, and that they did that that the church was responsible for trying to bar this off because it feels like a little bit of a similar situation, although it's different circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Cole, can you, do you want to read your thesis? Like since you you write these, I always feel weird reading them. So yeah, it's, it's weird that the rhythm always puts the ball back in your court. Uh, I've got two of them. We can fix that. Like we're talking about that. Like we don't have control over it. Like it's weather. From now on, I'll say what we did previously. Maybe the guests can determine it. Gary, now now it's your turn. (laughs) We we both write dueling theses. And then at the end, we take a vote by text to see... To see who is who is correct. Now I've got the devil went to grad school. Yeah, Um, (laughs) determined by dueling theses. Um. Anyway, um, (laughs) I went to I went to a like a music conservatory that is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, No, no. So uh, this is kind of sarcastic, but alleys and streets are a nice way to organize things, aren't they? Without them, stuff gets really hard to navigate, doesn't it? 
<laughs> it's like it's like Boston. Yeah. Like the, this whole area is like the Boston of the Souls games, <laughs> as far as the, like street layout. Like yeah. in Boston, there are streets that that cross street with themselves <laughs> and stuff. Like this is this is like that. Yeah, this is this um, is the uh, the haunting of Hill House. Um, yeah. Essentially, notice I didn't say the, House of Leaves. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you're picking it up. Good new I references. Know, right? Like, yeah, I know. I, I like to think that I'm shows. growing as a person. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, also now you've this, read two books. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you doubled your your library, <laughs> but it must have the word house in the title. Yes. So, fall of the house of usher. That's mm. your next. Uh, your all, next. Uh, all, all of these are following uh, Bleak House. So that's that's next too. Um, ooh. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, house. The, Richard Matheson. The, the mm. novelization of House. Yeah. yeah. Damn it! You beat me to the house joke. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, also, uh, the, uh, the the my mini thesis is the, for this is snakes alive. Yeah, there are snakes that that aren't like <laughs> elsewhere in the game really right. first, but there are snakes lots of snakes here mm-hmm. um so we, we talked a little bit about how you get here and and we we talked about this area when we talked about the cathedral ward um but you could be forgiven for getting this pat for getting this passage mm-hmm. um you head down um you pass alfred again um, and something that's new here is that you can talk to him about the vile bloods yeah and uh we'll be visiting those guys a little bit down the road um i imagine that will be the dialogue we use for when we do that episode <laughs> yeah so we won't cut it in here, I guess. No. Um, but it, it's just kind of a thing. And you go to the store, and you, you have to give the password. And uh, the password is, as we we know, the old adage: "Fear the old blood." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let God fear it. And what's crazy is you go through, and like some kind of again spooky Poe tale, uh, the guardian is not alive and saying like, "Yo, walk through here. Here's a pamphlet giving you a map of the layout of this place." Uh, no, this is a desiccated corpse wearing a top hat. Yeah, this is one of a few instances of um, straight up magic or like ghost ghostliness in in Bloodborne. But yeah, I mean, this game is all about not being able to comprehend what's happening around you, so I can forgive like a door opening on its own or whatever, but it, it just is kind of strange. That's like, well, who opened the door? You know, <laughs> it's a little yeah, haunted housey like, and he was dead all along. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like dreamy weeminess. And like, also I think so they could put in, cause when you click on him, it says already dead. And I think that was one of the, uh, message components in demon souls. Hmm. If I recall, um, I could be wrong about that, but the, uh, I, th- I thought that that might've been a, a nod to that. Um, yeah. But I, I can't, my, my memory might be faulty. But yeah, this guy is dead and he is, uh, he's a character. We don't know his name, but no. he is one of like two of Willem's um, like trusted lieutenants yeah. they talk about. Hmm. So after they um, uncover the holy medium inside the labyrinth, uh, this gatekeeper and somebody named Doris, whose gear we will find later, were kind of set to guard these forbidden woods as like the buffer between Yarnum and Bergenworth proper. Yeah. Yeah, and and the fact that um, this area uh, borders with the cathedral ward, you can. It's very easy to read this as an extension of kind of the the feud or the animosity between the Healing Church and Bergenworth. You know, it's not just keeping the Forbidden Woods away from Yarnum; it's keeping the Forbidden Woods specifically, or Forbidden Forbidden Woods specifically away from uh, the church yep. and the the cathedral ward. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then you head on down. Yeah, you to, head uh, kind of you know, <laughs> yeah, down to the. <laughs> The price of snakes, and, and the uh, this kind well, of there were plenty area. of uh, peanut statues as well. Yeah, I think those are are yeah. those meteorites. They have to be right. They, they so look they like look, growths or something. I don't know. Well, specifically, they look like um, the tonsil stone, mm-hmm. 
which you get uh, yeah. in this area that, that is a meteorite. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, I think that that's exactly what they are. Yeah. Or it's like meteorite dust that's spread and is like metastasizing or crystallizing Ooh, around these. Some color out of space shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, that's what it reads like to me, but it's very unsettling, especially if you are put off by the idea of holes in things. Yeah. Even the plants in this area are pretty creepy looking if you get close to them. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the flowers yeah, they're are very like weirdly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like like odd shaped, and some of them are weirdly kind of luminescent, especially a little bit later in this area. Yeah, but the the foliage is is, is definitely spooky yeah. here. And and there's there's definitely evidence for some kind of extraterrestrial activity at the center of this. Um, yes, not not of this game. He he backpedaled quickly, but of this area. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and the and the areas that it leads to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind. This is kind of split up into into really three areas mm-hmm. um with this kind of approach to all of them so i guess four um this kind of little overlook that heads that actually gets to the the village mm-hmm. um that was good so um the the big thing of note here other than just fighting some some regular yarnamites um are traps <laughs> uh there's like this got me this trap this first one here this huge indiana jones-esque like swinging log there's thing. nothing like yeah. that outside of the outside of the chalices yeah yeah, it's really weird, mm-hmm. and th- there's two of them here. Like, so they, yeah. these guys love these things. No, you know they're they're, they're do, up on the um, campaign platform. Oh, trap traps. Snakes. I did want to ask you guys um, if you sensed a Resident Evil Four connection with this area because that's why I like this so much. It really gave oh. me a Resident Evil Four vibe. You're exploring this like this this destroyed village with these villagers where things burst out of their heads. And there are traps, and uh, I don't know. I just got a very Resident Evil 4 vibe, especially with, like, how the encounters are set up. It has to be intentional. It absolutely, positively has to be. I mean, I was feeling it before, and if you're going to steal from any game, that's a good game to steal from. But, (laughs) I I just got a serious RE4 vibe from this whole area. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, like, the game itself kind of recalls Resident Evil 4 in general, but this is the strongest, Mm -hmm. for sure. Even visually, like... Those the you know the the parasite things that we're going to run into later, just the, you know cut such a similar you know silhouette to the the infected Las Plagas, <laughs> uh, Las Plagas, yeah uh, things. But yeah, this, this is I think this is the the souls via Resident Evil. I think you're right on. Yeah. So there's yeah. a there's a landing with a uh, with a little locked crypt surrounded by some crows and your lamp uh, that uh, will take you down to a uh, to this bottleneck with a big fire trap uh, in the middle. Like this is again a, a, a place they are trying to defend. Yeah, yeah, and we, and we say that a lot, but it's it's emphasized here as well. And it should be noted this is the only uh, lamp in this area and this area is huge. Um, so this is another one of these, um, I would call it linear, except it, it's not once you actually get down to it, but it is like a series of shortcuts that will bring you back here. Yeah. Um, that at least on my first playthrough, I felt were spaced kind of, you know, not, not generously kind of stingily apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I, I found this area very difficult. My, my first run through, um, I don't know if I'm alone in that, but yeah. these shortcuts are a huge blessing. I will say that like one, like there are, I think two or three shortcuts, at least two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are two. No, there, yeah. there, there are four, but there are two main ones oh, that'll, that, 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 that'll make you. Yeah, there are two gates you can unlock and uh, and then two elevators. Um, that That's you can right, take. yeah. Um, the elevators are by far the most useful of them, but like they, 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 there are ways that the game is letting you, you know, skip large areas of bees before you ultimately can skip even larger areas. Yeah, I guess I, I never really ran into the gate ones. Oh, 
Um, I just know the elevators. I'll point them out. So, okay. yeah. So I was like, I was, I was going to ask, like, the 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 way that the shortcuts are laid out, like, you have to do some weird backtracking. Um, that is that is kind of like counterintuitive. I, it took me a while to actually figure out that there is a straight line through this. Did you? Did either of you struggle with finding the the the, the shortcuts that it provides you? I mean, aside from the gate ones. Um, I think it yes. took me a while to find the first elevator because I didn't think to back. You have to backtrack to find that first elevator, and that is a huge shortcut. So yeah. I think maybe I had to get someone into someone's world mm. uh, eventually to see it, but maybe not because I think I did play this before release. So um, mm. yeah, it did, it did take a while for me to find that one. The uh, At my first playthrough, I did not find the second one. Mm. Um, so I was doing that run through the the worst part of this level. Yeah. Like every time I fought, like a, a pretty hard boss, like not, you know, unreasonably hard, but it took me, it took me several tries and that was a real pain. And then on my second run through, I, I eventually said there has to be, you know, a shortcut here and figured out the way, but I just, I don't know if it, uh, you know, I know it's intentional, but the second part of this level confuses me to as much as any other souls level ever mm-hmm. has. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as areas that are designed to be confusing, you know, your, your towers, Latria, and the like, and I, I get so confused um, in the the second half of this level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say it is helpful on your first few runs when you can just figure out where to go next by you know the glowing treasures in the distance. But once you get them all, there's yeah. no more process of elimination. It's just like oh shit, like <laughs> it's all woods. Uh, some of it's wet. I don't know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> some of it's wet. There are a couple of ramps that blend into the scenery really well. Yeah, including the one to that first elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very easy to just pass that since it's going to be behind you, you yeah. know, as you run by. So super, super tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're kind of you're making your way past these traps and everything, just kind of picking up some some miscellaneary uh, treasure. And uh, you get to uh, a forked path, which I did not again, I didn't realize was a forked path <laughs> because the actual pathway eventually leads to a drop that brings you to the village. But there's a hill that like very well could just be background. Yep. You know, but you can actually crest it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and enter the village through another another way. Yeah, through like a, a side entrance that is also trapped, but uh, kind of leads up to these outskirts. And and then you're in they're in the village. Um, you know, again, like going encounter by encounter will be difficult for this. We don't mm-hmm. you know we need to, but there's you know there's a, a a deadfall, um, you know, in the middle of the village, and it's it's crowded. Like this is this is a, a fairly populous area mm-hmm. in the game for uh, people who want to kill you. Um, and they, they all want to kill you. It feels like a little slice of central Yarnum actually, because the, uh, the, the enemies are set up to cover each other in ambush, uh, especially with the dogs and stuff as well. We kind of got away from that level of intelligence, um, and Mm -hmm. planning, um, in the enemies so far. Um, yeah, I used the pebbles a lot in this section, uh, until I unlocked that shortcut just to make the, uh, the bottlenecks a little easier by pulling enemies away from each other. Yeah, and and the pungent blood cocktail is really useful too. Yeah, if uh, if there's ever an encounter that you need to, to clear or as kind of a, an escape button, yeah, you know you can throw that and and buy yourself some time. Yeah, um, um, and there are huntsmen who are in varying stages of transformation here as well. Either the uh, the, the the large huntsmen uh, who are mostly transformed, or just the ones who have those super spooky wolfman faces. And by like super spooky, yeah. I'm using spooky in the internet meme sense. They look like they're wearing werewolf <laughs> masks. <laughs> so they're not as uh, segregated as they are in Yarnum proper, where the uh, more transformed the worst, ones. Uh, 
the worst ones of those types of enemies are the ones that have what looks like the end of a rake or something. I don't know what that weapon is, but they always just murder me with that thing. (laughs) They're so aggressive with it, and it hits so hard. It doesn't look it doesn't look like it has the reach that it ought to. Um, Yeah, it's a that is tough. I think that those guys are just big spaceballs fans. Uh, We 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 haven't found shit. (laughs) I'm gonna go away. They're they're, they're plows. Um, yeah, I think they're I think they're like old old timey plows, mm. um, or por- portions of plows. That yep. makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and it makes sense for them to have these kind of farm implements and and the like. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there isn't this isn't all uh, crazy maniacs though. Too um, there is an NPC. You know, you find a, a little hut with a, a lamp on it, <laughs> um, but there's kind of a, a twist to this as well. <laughs> yes, um, so, is. so we didn't we didn't do this. What, what's interesting about this is anytime after you beat Amelia, if you go and talk to a lantern NPC, you'll run into this guy. Yeah, um, he exists in all spaces. This is just the <laughs> one where you're most likely to run into him. Yeah. Um, okay. And this is a, I was wondering why I didn't, and now I know why. Because um, oh, please continue, and then I'll talk. No, I just gonna, if you, if you, yeah, if you if you went somewhere else first um, and ran to him there, this will be a, yeah, a totally I, like a normal NPC. I ran into him uh, in Yarnum, and I was like, how was I supposed to know to come here? I just, you know, <laughs> talked to this window out of nowhere. It felt like one of the most esoteric things. Like, I never would have gotten this, but I didn't know they he warps around or whatever. <laughs> Again, yeah, they're, his, his legion. They're, they're building, in the, you're more, more, more right than you know. Um, <laughs> or, well, you know, you're more right than, than yeah. somebody who's playing along with now. Uh, but, um, but, but yeah, I found them for the first time at the bottom of the uh, cathedral ward and it is mm-hmm. a great way for them to manufacture mystery because I thought the exact same thing you did, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, Oh, I it's found really, a secret. Really like <laughs> I found Ash Lake of Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that, I love that phrase too. As like, <laughs> if somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, Ash Lake of Bloodborne, um, <laughs> The, uh, I actually and, missed and, the Ash Lake of Bloodborne, but we'll talk about that later. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it a little bit in the green room. Um, the uh, so so what this NPC does, um, and he sounds familiar to people, but we won't quite reveal who this is just yet. But he gives you a, uh, an item. He gives you a tonsil stone and says there's a small chapel uh, to the right of the main cathedral that you should head towards, and something good will happen. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that, but we're not going to do it right now. A blessing of the Godhead. And so this is a piece of that meteorite that we were talking about, um, or at least it says so in the item description. And this is like a monkey's paw. It says there's a gravity that prevents its riddance. And also, here's a life hack for you. Um, never Google the term tonsil stone without putting bloodborne in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Just a there's, tip. There's... Yeah, the uh there's any body part stone like i don't <laughs> yep. i'm not i'm not interested in like <laughs> there, there's um, no good stone your body can generate yep no no um the uh and there there's uh interesting kind of origins of the word too because i think it's like a tassel stone like something that looks very similar to that actually mm-hmm. translates to uh amygdala which is the part of your brain mm-hmm. there amygdala um that uh that controls fear yep and uh there's another there's another interesting word origin thing for this yeah. as well. I don't think it's actually meant to be. It comes out of your tonsils. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what Cole. That's the <laughs> trap that Cole fell into. <laughs> this may sound um, silly, but was it, I the only person who thought of this village as like a college town? <laughs> it's like where the Bergen, the Bergenworth Bros like have their frats and stuff. I don't know. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to be funny. I just thought I was like, oh, I live in college towns. This is one of them. True. 
Yeah, it, it's a little bit far away from the main city. <laughs> um, you know, because I feel like there's the no summer, reason for a town time. to be in these woods outside of people that work at Bergenworth or, you it's, know, have businesses based on people going to Bergenworth. It's you a, know, it's a bedroom community. They're there for that. Yeah. I, so there's something in the guide, and I couldn't find anything in the game that supports this. They call these people um, Yarnum outcasts. Mm. Like they've, oh, been, they've okay. been cast out of Yarnum, but I couldn't find anything for that. Um, and I felt like I do that's tend to kind overthink of things when I, when I play for the podcast. So <laughs> I'm, I might be reaching a little too far with some of these observations. No, it's, but that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes sense. It's, it's either that or they're just part of the, the guard. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're here to keep people, people out. If they're not yeah, you know, just yeah. living their lives, like, yeah. um, but they they definitely I, the the uh, proximity to Bergenworth and yeah. their relation to it is not really in question. I think that they they do serve some kind of function for the college. Yeah, just because yeah, there's a relationship there. Just because you're outcast yeah. doesn't mean you don't want to be there. And so they yeah. they cannot live in Yarnum because of their affiliation. Probably, if they're not affiliated with Bergenworth, I don't know why they would be so dogged about defending it even beyond or even in their beastly state, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was I felt like somehow there was like a uh, just because you're outcast and then like a please, Miss Will- Wilhelm, I am for real like joke somewhere in there. But I, I couldn't form it before the end of your sentence. So <laughs> a little backdoor into the comedy process that didn't work. All the listeners just, out there just cross the finish line in the awkward pause. It would be the well, there's that joke. There's a Twitter thing where it's like, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. But I am for eels <laughs> instead of, you know, I don't want never meant to hurt your daughter because I'm just a bunch of fish. Uh-huh. Um, but that like the I'm sorry, Miss Miss Wilhelm, I am for eels takes a, um, a meaning it takes in this a, area. It takes a sinister tone. I am yeah, for, I am knowing for what, what happened to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you head up this hill, there's some even weirder stuff. There's a there's a, there's a gate that uh, somebody will close on you if you're not quick enough or if you don't sneak all, around. All the gates them. are really ineffective. You, yeah. you can just walk around them. Yep. All the gates like the walls are in too shitty of repair to make any of the gates useful, which makes mm-hmm. me think these guys are in some degree of hollowing like they're closing gates because they know that's what they're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. the actual masonry has failed and they don't know. Yeah. That. There's a kidnapper back here who is guarding a corpse that has the beast roar artifact. I, I love the person who is kind of like in charge, the patron saint of these artifacts. Um, uh, what, what is it? Insulin Izzy or something like that? Oh, no. Irreverent Izzy. Irreverent. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, she says what she thinks, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I have the sugar coat it for you? Kid. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, did, did you guys get any use out of this thing? Like it, it's one of the one of the first uh, hunters tools you can run into. Nah. Um, in the game nah i never use the nah. quote-unquote magic or sorcery in the game so that's what it's for though right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I i never really touch i will at some point but like i'm it's just so tempting to do strength in this game yeah it it's by far the easiest or strength is by far the easiest and oftentimes most fun i think for me like my my uh arcane build is not very fun yeah. in this game like i don't think the spells are that great um this one is like it's fun to be able to do you, you know you knock foes down mm-hmm. um with it and it's cheap like it doesn't cost very many bullets to use but uh it's still like it didn't become a staple for me or anything like that yeah it's cool that it it appears to be a uh, a severed hand and this is uh something that was created in order to mimic the behavior or properties of one of the dark beasts which uh we're going to talk about a little bit later 
yeah, we'll run into those guys. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, so there's kind of this stream that you can go through mm-hmm. here um, that's kind of the critical path and a, a roof above it mm-hmm. where guys are going to throw firebombs. Um, if you're you're smart and tricky, you can kind of get up there and, and take them out in advance. Yeah. And uh, the stream is full of these, these dead things. But let's talk about the path that has all the dogs. Yes. Um, so you're back there, you know, behind the kennel and this, you know, like you would go back there in order to get around the gate if it closes. Um, up on the roof, there is a white hunter set. Um, or sorry, a white church set, which is kind of like surgical garb that talks about uh, members of the healing church who kind of oversaw the hunters and uh, were kind of like the uh, um, evil mad scientists who experimented on people in order to figure out what this is. And we're going to go see one of these people. Yes. Yep. Um, which you, you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, these dogs are, are locked up and something happens and all the cages open. <clears throat> I don't know what that event is. Like I went through the first time and I could kill them in their cages. And then when I came back, the cages were all open. But yeah, when um, I played it last night, I was expecting the cages to open or something to happen. But I was just hacking them to death inside the cages. I'm like, well, I don't know what I did right this time. But okay. It behaves differently than the kennels in Central Yarnum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they never burst open with the, the dogs there. I would just show up and they would be happen to be hanging out. Yeah. Like the dogs were already able to get out. I have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is it should be noted that this is really well hidden. Oh, yeah. Um, you can see the dogs, but again, there's just kind of this kind of camouflage little path <laughs> that leads to uh, a cave, a cave that is just full of skeletons, <laughs> carpeted with rib cages. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, and you you head down this, and there is this like vast subterranean uh, kind of lake, like shallow lake. Yeah. Um, filled with giant tombstones and naked church giants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are are these guys in any other part of the game? Not the, the outside of like chalice this. dungeons, maybe. Yeah, maybe chalice. They they may be in the chalice dungeons. Yeah, they're they're not like they're not the same guys. Like they they definitely because we run into some weird giants later, and it's not those guys either. Mm. Like they're definitely church giants. They have the same moves and the same face. They're just you know neuter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the, these leeches, and this is a, a huge uh, uh, upgrade. You know, <laughs> um, a rune rune party and uh, and bloodstone party. Yeah. To explore this lake. Yeah, uh, this lake, which happens to also be poison. This is a slice of five two, um, in uh, in Yarnum. Yeah, yeah. But but if you if you explore fully, you eventually find a ladder, and you go up the ladder. And I love this part <laughs> because the ladder just goes eater. forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the ladder just goes forever, and you're like, where am I going? Like and this doesn't make any sense. I didn't know there was an up from here. And you're looking off to the sides and you're seeing like the entrances to these caves. Like this is an excavation. They're like, there are tunnels that intersected this that are full of more, you know, similar small like gravestones. Does this feel chalicey to anybody else? Like the yeah. idea of like this being part of like this once intersected with the labyrinth at some point. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely, uh, I can definitely see that. And it was one of those, um, I mean, by the time I found it, which this is the first time I actually took this shortcut, um, I was like, I knew where I was going, but at the same time, I was thinking, where is this taking me? Because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is kind of like, it does go on for a long time. You're wondering if you're walking into something you shouldn't be walking into. Well, once you get to the top and you actually see the city, I thought, oh, it's just a shortcut. <laughs> like, this is just another, like a really weird shortcut. Like, yes, you have to go through Poison Lake, but this is just <laughs> a way so I don't have to do all that, that village again. <laughs> but that is not the case. No, kind of um, not. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you, I mean, we, we, we kind of said it in passing, but you emerge in Yardum. 
Like you see the same skyline. You are right by where you started the game. You pull a lever to unlock the gate that you couldn't get through before. You're in the, uh, the, the, the graveyard. Uh, right outside of Yosefka's mm-hmm. clinic, but now you can get around like kind of the rooftops behind it. Yep, and uh, make your way past the brain sucker, mm-hmm. and you actually get inside the clinic, and it's super spooky. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, just just you know, the presence just... of those brain suckers tells you something bad is going down, mm-hmm. and uh, I just have a natural fear of them after having finished the game once because they sucked yeah. away maybe like thirty insight oh, no. from me over like yeah. one <laughs> play session. <laughs> But now, I mean, now I don't know when they implemented this, but um, I this I haven't played for a month or two, but I noticed that they give you insight refunds now. It's <laughs> like ethical like <laughs> consumerism in Bloodborne. <laughs> but after you defeat them, you get your you get your money back. Oh, not from not from the uh, enemies, but if you can't summon someone, you get that insight back, which never happened when oh, I was yeah. playing oh, the game yeah. the first time. Huh. I don't know how long ago they implemented that, but that that was completely new to me. Yeah, that's a kindness. That sounds yeah. like something they would have put in when they raised the uh, when they raised the blood vial and, uh, and bullet limits. Actually, I, I think it was actually after that. It's the most recent patch. Oh, um, and it's one of those that's just like you know miscellaneous weapon adjustments. Like you don't get a lot of detail, <laughs> but that's one of the, the few bits of detail. Oh, well. in it. Um, the the main thing that I think that's spooky about Yosefka's clinic when you go here is anytime I see abandoned wheelchairs or wheelchairs <laughs> on their side, like that's my signal that like yeah. something spooky is going on. Like um, it should be like one wheel spinning with it for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just slowly. Um, I'm the same yeah, way with like, kids' bikes. Uh. Oh yeah, kids' bikes are good too with that stuff. Um, so so you're here and you, you can kind of wander around. You know, Yosefka, where you at? Because at this point. If you've been coming back, we talked about this a little bit, but Yosefka, you know, starts off, she's a solid bro. She gives you some of her blood. She's really kind. You come back. She's a little sketchier, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, please send people here. I want to help them. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, exactly. It sounds a little bit more sinister. And if you look through the hole in her window, you can, she's just holding, a, she's holding a weapon mm-hmm. um, at that point. Uh, but you run into an enemy we haven't seen before that will turn out to be like monumentally important to the story. <laughs> oh dear God, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't run into this guy uh, in that area for the first time. I ran into him in the woods, but I was so afraid having fought the mushroom guys in Dark Souls. I was like, this must be the most powerful <laughs> yeah. enemy in the game up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- they do that on purpose. Like they're they're doing this to make you like he's so he's so unsettling, and this one is not aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like you can stand in front of him and and you know try to make contact all day long and nothing happens like <laughs> he you know he is not going to to fight you mm-hmm. um and they they fall over like a you know like a, a paper house like they're they're really really weak yeah. but they're so weird looking yeah um, these are these are celestials the celestial the small celestial emissaries and they are little green men who happen to be blue like they look like something yeah. out of a different game this is what tells you, okay, the thing about werewolves, this is not what Bloodborne is really about. There are now <laughs> aliens, and I need to rethink whatever is happening around whatever, me. Whatever my thesis was. If this is the yeah. first place yeah. that you've come to beyond, or, you know, uh, before you go deeper into the woods, um, this is your wake-up call. Um, yeah. Also, the yeah. fact that you know this is something that is standing in the same room that uh, Yosefka was. Like, if you open the door that is in there, uh, you go down to the lower sick room, right? Uh, yeah. And when you kill this thing, it drops some of Yosefka's blood, which is reason enough to believe that this is what the original Yosefka was turned into. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like super spooky. And if depending if you haven't been following advice or if you're like me, the first playthrough and you sent a couple of people to the clinic, mm-hmm. you'll run into more of these things wandering the hallway and they all drop items that are indicative of the NPC you sent. 
So you 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 know put together oh, anybody wow, you send okay. to is getting, getting turned into one of these things. <sighs> so is there a benefit um, to just killing everyone via Yosefka? Do you get anything super rare from these guys if if you turn all the NPCs into little mushroom people or alien people? No, you get um, whatever like you get an item from them a little bit sooner mm-hmm. than you get, but it's I not see. like. So, like, the old woman who you can uh, have go to the, the chapel or here um, will eventually start providing you with sedatives. If you send her here, her alien corpse will have a sedative on it, so you get it a little bit sooner rather yeah. than getting a uh, few okay. of them. Um, but generally, there's not really an advantage to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you're, you know, you're just meant to, like, feel shitty for having done it. Um, <laughs> with the one exception of, just like, evidence, an NPC you'll yeah. learn to later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also something else really important that you find here yes the Canehurst summons which is a letter that was addressed to you yes and and you can make the 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 leap that you had this on you when you got to <laughs> to Yarnum. and that's like, what that's why it's here that's what drove you to this area is because you probably were trying to get to Hemwick yeah you just don't remember yeah. it because again you woke up with amnesia yeah. And I was telling you and guys, my, you my first things. playthrough of this game, um, I did not, uh, I think what happened was I found the subterranean cave and I turned back because I was like, okay, these guys are huge. I'm going to come back when I'm better, you know, equipped. Then I just forgot about it and I finished <laughs> the game. So right now I have an entire Bloodborne level I haven't played yet. <laughs> yeah, so my I'm, review I'm, is officially unethical. You can just discount anything I ever said about <laughs> oh, the game. Oh, collusion. I call collusion. Because I only, you, I only played 90% of it. Joke. So it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. faulty. Yeah. Why can't somebody hold you to standards? Like some, maybe not just somebody, but like some group. Um, you know, once the, this uh, gets out, I'm ruined. So I'm I'm packing my bags already <laughs> for Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> Roberto. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the the Canehurst is is the area we're referring to, and we're going to talk about that a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the the big optional area. Yeah. In uh, in Bloodborne, and one of my favorite areas in the mm-hmm. game. Um, and I called it the Ash Lake of Bloodborne. I don't think it's that well hidden, but it's still a substantial area that you can miss. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more substantial than Ash Lake because there's like things to do there. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, like yeah. Yeah, I guess full, it balances out because level. it is, yeah. 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 It, it, and it, it, oh God, it's beautiful. <laughs> yep. It is, it is both aesthetically and narratively pleasing, but also gameplayly pleasing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you like Caners is probably going to be fresh in your mind if you talk to Alfred on your way down here. Uh, but, uh, no, this is, uh, the, this is non-transferable, so you can't go back to him, but we'll solve that problem just a little bit later now, won't we? Yes. And I noticed the invitation. There's, there's no plus one. <laughs> kind of rude. So stingy. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to, just trying to save on the crudite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've seen, we've seen the rotting piles of crudite. <laughs> There, we don't need it. It's like the kitchen, or it's like the dining room for Maniac Mansion. Up in that place, like, um, just rotting pot roast. Uh, yeah. Stuff in your teenager pockets. Um, <laughs> there's another so there, you, There's another exam room you can go to kind of at the, uh, at the other end of this spookily curved hallway. I don't know if I've seen a, that's weird. I don't know that I've seen a curved hallway like this outside of a hospital. So it's pretty weird. That the, the, mm-hmm. the, the those big curved hallways are meant to roll these gurneys down. Uh, there is a chest with an with an upgraded communion rune uh, in the back there. Mm-hmm. Again, communion, the idea of taking blood into you, uh, totally literal in this case, um, and uh, a, 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 a legit alien autopsy happening on a gurney there. Yeah, <laughs> and Riker's standing there narrating the entire thing. <laughs> yep. Um, the uh, and and if you start heading towards the back um, and head towards like you know Yosefka's office or New Yosefka, Fosefka as the internet calls her, <laughs> Neo Yosefka. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, she'll say like, listen, you know, 
you don't need to do this. Like, <laughs> you should leave right now. We can keep our arrangement. Yeah. Um, it's pretty chilling. And it, yeah. This encounter. She even says, there's no, there's really no sense in me giving you an excuse. You have figured this out. And this is one of those moments where your original kind of supposition has changed. Right. Mm. You know, like it has set up this expectation and then just so quickly, not so quickly, but so, so belatedly subverted it. Like, it feels like you're a little bit off the map. Like, have I found something crazy critical to this? And you kind of have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you're kind of you're, you're presented with an option here, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know the fire and brimstone part of you probably wants to kill this person who's been doing these experiments. Um, so that's one one option, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit because that's where this kind of quest line ends. But if you don't, you can come back later, yeah. and uh, that's actually the more advantageous thing to do. But there's no way that you would know that yeah. at this point. Um, if you fight her, she's really really hard. Holy God! Like you are she's not tough. leveled for this at this point, and she has those. Uh... Those alien powers too that we'll see later in the game. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like when I first fought her, I thought like, oh, she, she, she is somehow mutated because of these experiments. So she has grown these tentacles. Like she will lash you with these. Uh, however, this is something you're going to get the access to be able to do later on. This is an yeah. item. This is a spell that she is casting to you. But I love the idea of like this. Uh, um, not Sander Cohen. Who's the uh, the plastic surgeon from Bioshock? Oh, oh boy! Yeah, I I don't remember. Neither do I. Uh, but uh, kind of a similar thing, you know, like because we we found the white surgeon. She's wearing garb that is very similar to that. That you know aligns her with the church in this practice of you know learning about illness by exposing yourself to it. Um, yeah, and you know here we have her doing something that if you haven't done the chalices, you've not seen before. That very much is kind of a, a body horror kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, and she just has tons of hit points. Oh yeah. And it's just a, you know, a really, really tough, uh, you know, regular kind of hunter fight, but just mm-hmm. way stronger. She heals. Um, she will throw numbing mist at mm-hmm. you. Um, she, this is an intensely difficult fight <laughs> that you're meant to, to bounce off of. I think Yeah, if you find it as you're able to her last line, but you know, before you make the decision to go after her says, well, I've always wanted to, tr- to try my hand at a hunter, which could either be read as, uh, I've wanted to fight one for a while, or I want to get up in them guts, like see how them gully works is put together. I assume the second yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, you guys are talking about her as, um, you said Fosefka, she's an imposter. Is that something you can't talk about now? Because that's something I haven't really looked into um, so far. Um, no, no, we can. Like, So the idea is that like this, this person from the church that you're fighting here uh, took over mm-hmm. this, this clinic um, and has been performing experiments on, at first, Yosefka, but anyone who you send yeah. this way. And somehow uh, trans, you know, mogrifying them into the, those uh, celestial emissaries, um, and she's doing it, and she's digging in their guts afterwards. So she is mm. doing science for kind of the upper echelons of the church. Um, is the idea the chronology um, but- is really weird on that though, right? Because we can assume that uh, like, okay, so when was the ladder built? Right, because the purpose that that ladder would serve would be to kind of get around the the bulwarks at uh, Bergenworth, right? Like, if she was interested in advancing this, she would probably want to have access to that, and this is a backdoor into it. Um, I don't understand why there was ever a good Yosefka. Um, like, well, I mean, there's just like I 
like Gudio Safka, I take at face value as being good. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought of that as necessarily a transport thing. I thought of that as a corpse shoot, mm. which like even even somebody who is, you know, in a time of, of plague and, and kind of uh, this outbreak, you know, isn't going to have time to bury all the bodies. Like you see gravestones piled up on each other everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just assumed that was where even Gudio Safka just dumped people who didn't make it. All these coffins are chained um, shut and there are no bolt cutters anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're all empty. It was so foolish. Um, the uh, so that's how I I assumed it wasn't necessarily to as a secret passage to Bergenworth. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't think so is because it you still have to go through Deathwoods. Mm. So it's like if it's a pass uh, a passage to Bergenworth, it's a shitty one. Yeah, like I think it's like almost like it's her it's her corpse shoot. It also happens to be like this could be the that shoot could be the location where Bergenworth event you know got their way into the chalice dungeons mm. at some point because as you point out all the excavation stuff yeah but that's the best i can come up with yeah it just if, the, if um, it's a corpse shoot, why is there a ladder like if she's like oh no i left my wallet in that one's room yeah, <laughs> since, since I, I left my watch in his guts yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um well may, it's possible she didn't build the ladder maybe she had the corpse shoot and then the uh the fake yosefka built the ladder yeah and i guess that was my original question is uh is when was the ladder built so that like yeah that, like that, maybe that... she she climbed up to you know, that's how mm-hmm. she got in because Yosefka doesn't let anybody in, mm-hmm. you know, so fake Yosefka, that's the only way into the clinic is mm-hmm. the way that we came in. Yeah. So. And fake Yosefka is strong enough to <laughs> survive that. Like she is more than capable. It feels like. Yeah. At least in game mechanic. I don't know if that carries over carries over into her character in story, if that's in the fiction or not. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we'll be coming back to her. Yeah. Uh, fake <laughs> Yosefka very soon, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but if you if you don't take this little side path, um, you continue to the second part of the the village. Yeah, way um, back there, um, past through yeah. this uh, through the small ravine that has uh, kind of this swampy, oily water. And if you do not come here by way of the rooftops, somebody will throw a Molotov on top of you and set you on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So you just roll through it as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real troll kind of thing at the end where there's this this pathway with a cannon at the top <laughs> of it. Um, which can yeah. I always get one shot cannons in this game. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right before the cannonball alley, there's a, there's a tunnel with a bunch of, um, upgrade materials that actually leads to a gate that you can unlock that, uh, kind of like opens up a, uh, a shortcut. So you don't have to go through the bulk of the village. You can actually drop hmm. through the collapsing walkway, um, uh, that leads into there and then just like follow around and not fight anybody in the village and just, you know, kind of like uh, shortcut around it. I'm I'm sure I've said this before, but um, uh, Bloodborne in in Dark Souls two in these moments where you you open up shortcuts, so it's just a matter of getting there. Like it turns into a football RPG, <laughs> especially yeah. in the frenzy areas, which it's just a total football game for me. Like <laughs> you're just like you know just like juking enemies, and it's it's great. There's I don't one... like football, but it, I just I can't like disconnect myself from that comparison. There's one boss in this game that is entirely football. Hmm. Yeah, we'll get yeah. through. <laughs> it's, it's even the, shaped uh, kind of like a football. Go ahead, Jerry. I think the reason why I didn't uh, find the gates, the gate shortcuts, is the village is not the hard part of this level for me. Right. Yeah. Like it's all forest. Like the village is no problem. But then when you get to this this windmill, mm-hmm. like shit gets super serious. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, Who boy? So, 
man, again, just explicitly horror like moments. So like you go inside this this windmill at the top of this hill and you see a villager just slowly walking towards the corner, like not paying attention to you <laughs> um, and turning his back on you. And like, I know what you're, you know, you're meant to backstab this guy, um, you know, like he doesn't really, you know, he he will aggro, but he doesn't aggro easily. And then when you do and you just take off a, a small portion of his health and then see him grip his head and a nest of snakes burst from it. <laughs> Like that is your signal, like, oh shit. Like and it's based you know, on it, what I've played of the space. game, being full of snakes makes you more resilient. Oh it's, my it seems. gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> resistant to every kind of damage. I've tried everything. Like they Yeah. Uh, and do you, you guys think like these guys are just filled with snakes or just like I, snakes in a man suit? Because I, I feel like there are snakes going deeper than the head. I'm expecting it to walk up to me and say, take some sugar and put some water in it. Like this guy yeah. is the antagonist for men in black. He is nothing but bugs and snakes inside. Yeah. It, I, he's definitely, I feels like it feels like they're full of snakes. Yeah. They summon snakes. They talk to snakes. <laughs> um, you know, there's no they're they're more snake than man um they're also and is really it too much of a, and, of a nerdy lore thing to th is this like another variant of the beast plague i mean i'm, I'm just i just was curious as hmm. to what is causing the snake men situation to happen it super feels like it to me like to me this was like oh this doesn't just manifest as wolf right like this is from some other strain of the blood or this is from they just had like the rc cola brand of the blood <laughs> and like yarnum had the pepsi <laughs> yeah yeah and burger the you know, further down Burgerworth, we get some uh we get some bugs uh some bug kind of people they have the fago um <laughs> the fago blood maybe um, it's just like proximity to whatever animal um you're closest to i don't know how it works like, i mean that seems like news? a likely yeah. like Burgerworth, the secret of the use yeah they figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, that's like slime university spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah, let's make a terrible T-shirt, guys. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, I wish I was doing the Bergenworth University because I, I just was imagining like a like a college boob comedy from like 1983 that takes place in Bergenworth. <laughs> um, I feel terrible that I said Fago, but then it then didn't immediately go Moon Mist. Because it is yeah. so tonally appropriate, <laughs> uh, the, missed opportunities, uh, like in, in guys. That movie you're talking about Bob, like they've got a you know Willem is peeking at a, a peephole, and the girls like shower room. He's like, "Give us eyes, give us eyes, <laughs> so that we can see um, <laughs> So, I, so we can see inside. Ooh. The uh, I I don't know about the beast plague thing. Um, I the, like I'm the so the the reason why I don't know, um, like is that like the the idea of, like that like bestiality it's not just kind of wolfness it's supposed mm -hmm. to be this like losing your your humanity mm -hmm. is so uh like just reads as wolf to me um it doesn't like and and the the fly guys who we run into later who have a, a way cooler name than that <laughs> um like there's more reason for those guys to have like a thousand eyes on their head mm -hmm. you know like that feel that doesn't feel incongruous to me this does feel incongruous it doesn't feel like the beast plague to me they're called um, not to, like, paris just shoot down your idea they're called yeah. parasites, and that's the only thing that gives me pause and going uh, whole hog on that theory. The first read, though, and the first impression of the one that I took away was that it does manifest in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Like, I could see it. I and don't think they it's They can uh, summon snakes, too, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they can... Uh, it's, do they ring a bell? They do something. Or no, they make, like, a I think they just, like, hit the ground or something. And, yeah, and snakes bubble up from the ground, <laughs> um, which is why it feels like you can't clear this area. They, they take some speakers, they point them at the ground, and they play some Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess this whole area is whacking day. Yep. 
um, as you're, as you're oh, going through okay. it. Oh, okay. That's that. I like that thesis. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that that's my my dueling thesis. <laughs> for, for whacking dueling thesis. day. Oh man! Whacking oh day. whacking day! Oh whacking day! <laughs> um. <sighs> but man. I, I think these things are very hard. Like, oh, yeah. Not just difficult as far as damage resistance, but they have like they could chain combo me. Mm -hmm. And because they're always pointing in every direction, it's really hard to know what direction attacks are coming from or where you're safe on them. You know, because they, they're these nest of snakes that come out of their head, like are kind of pointing in every direction. Yeah. And it feels like they have a 360 kind of attack range. Like they have mm -hmm. that kind of freak out, snake freak out <laughs> that they do that hits behind them. Um, if I, I could do another super, uh, super RE4 comparison, if you if you'll allow me, um, mm -hmm. I do think that in RE4, what happens with that kind of enemy in that game is you are used to shooting things in the head, so you start shooting them in the head, and then like a horrible thing bursts out of the head, and now it's much harder mm -hmm. to kill them. In this game, mm -hmm. if you go back to Yarnum, humanoid enemies are now super easy. So you see a humanoid enemy, you're like, okay, no big deal. And then it's like way harder than you'd ever expect it to be. Yeah. So I see a very similar correlation yeah. between that and the RE4. Uh, Head parasite guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a way to it's a way to crank crank it up. I can count the number of these that I've killed on one hand. Like after I killed the first couple and decided I like, figured out how hard they were, uh, I, I make a point to make a beeline around them. If you can get a uh, a critical hit and then a visceral attack, I can usually do them in one uh, or two hits. But it is hard to sneak up on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So this is just the first one. We're going to be running into a lot more of these. Um, there's a couple interesting things left about the windmill. Um, first of all, just because it's a real quick thing before we talk about the the notable NPC. Mm -hmm. um, if you climb up on top of the windmill, you can get the cannon. Um, on the playthrough I'm in right now is the first time I'm using that thing. Have you guys used it at all? It's it's really difficult to use, right? Like I used it as a novelty, but it just it's so impractical. How about you, Bob? Here's the thing. I, I played this uh, level first during pre-release. And the cannon didn't function. Hmm. And I'm wondering oh, if they patched shit. that in later. Because I made a note to put a, a note by the cannon that said, like, someday or, like, you know, whatever, whatever the, like, I can't wait for this to happen uh, note is. Hmm. And it, wasn't, it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anticipating that I'd ever be able to use it. I was just like, oh, man, I wish I could use this. And then, like, uh, yesterday or last night, I was like, I can use this now? Like, I seriously <laughs> swear that at one point this cannon did not function for the player. Is it? Because it requires a lot of ammo to use like you have to have uh 10 bullets and now it's 12 it used to be 10 yeah oh um, so you're actually you using your own ammo up. in it yeah yeah i didn't realize that okay up, maybe i just it, didn't have ammo before mm -hmm. or not round up round down like if you had one initially like you didn't have to have the full complement but now like it takes 12 like a, a, an out-of-the-box hunter can't use this twice right you have to have runes if you want to use it twice and you'll never be able to use I it three see. times I guess it doesn't tell um, you that it's using ammo from your um, inventory then. Yeah. Yeah. It just says operate. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I learned something new. Okay. Yeah. But this is something you pick up and you're walking around like uh, like Rambo with it. It's awesome. It's it's, it's <laughs> so, amazing. So you're, you're using the, it like what's the context? Like are you keeping it just in your offhand and then using it like in case of emergency? Like what's the what's the deal? Um, bosses. Okay. Like you you, oh. you sprinkle like bone dust on it and you can do a third to a half of a boss's health in like one shot pretty consistently oh guys i have to, and it does area I have damage to correct myself yeah. Go ahead. i'm sorry i have to correct mm -hmm. myself i thought you were talking about the stationary cannon oh the one in the alley uh, for a second yeah yeah the one oh, we, we talked no. about previously mm -hmm. um again i you can use that cannon uh 
Now, but when I played it the first time, you couldn't, and it's it's so strange. I don't know oh, if they patched that, that in or not. Yeah, it's like it's like manning a ballista. You're right. Yeah. 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 Did you end up anyway, using the, uh, the the player cannon at all? Uh, I think I just experimented with it, but it seemed like such a waste that I didn't really you know want to mess around too much with it. But yes, I have used it. I, I know you can use that one, but the stationary cannon using that was a, t- a totally new thing for me this time. Hmm. Yeah. It, the, the just the stationary cannon real quick i this time when i used it it got stuck in some kind of loop and just fired forever <laughs> until i fired it again um so it, it was making a really annoying noise so i eventually stopped it but i was like oh something's wrong with this um the uh the actual cannon is really really good um like i've had a hard time with the um shadows of yarnum and this time through i managed to catch all three of them in an explosion and take off half their health like in one hit nice um, wow. you king ralph pretty them. good yeah yeah absolutely like it is it is really good for bosses um that's the only thing it's good for like it doesn't replace your gun mm. it's just i'm using it instead of the torch okay. i guess switch between my gun and my torch huh um so if you're using a strength build if you can wield it i recommend the cannon nice Huh. Yeah, I've, anyway, I've, I've never guy. never gotten good use out of it. Yeah, so you go up um, around the side of the of the, of the uh, windmill, walking over some gears, and you get to a, to a, to a roof outcrop with a guy kind of kneeling over a bloody body who seems seems pretty cool aside from the apparent recent murder. <laughs> seems like a solid <laughs> yeah. bro. It's circumstances, guys. Um, and you kind of have three options for dealing with this guy. Um, the easiest thing is to send him to Yosefka's clinic, and by this point, you could have been to Yosefka's clinic and been like. No, you know, like get, let's get this guy turned into an alien. That seems safe. Um, you know, he might be up to no good, <laughs> and uh, you can get his item there. He'll turn into an alien. Um, the other thing is, you can send him to the uh, the chapel, which is a bad idea because he law tracks your whole <laughs> your your whole crew. He yeah. starts killing people in the chapel one by one. Um, yeah, I did that the first um, time. Or, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but I, I only had one person there the first time because I so I was just like, oh, that person died. What happened? And I was I didn't really understand it. Um, but you can also fight him too uh, yeah. because he is uh, uh, like a beast man. Yeah. Specifically, um, like this is a boss fight. Like this is a boss fight that turns up later in the uh, in the chalices. He turns into an abhorrent beast, and he like gives you a what the fuck dude speech about how bad hunters are and are you not the real killers. Like, and he alludes yes. to the fact that he is not like this of his own volition. He didn't make a choice to continue doing this, whereas hunters do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is, you know, pretty, pretty cool mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a thing. So it's a, it's a good encounter Yeah. Um, one way or another. You should, you owe yourself to try that. It's also a really tricky arena for mm-hmm. this boss fight because you're on a sloped roof <laughs> um, the whole time. So that is, that's nasty. Yeah. Um, uh, he's very susceptible. So does, he, does to- he transform if you try to fight him? Yes. After it's not just one hit. You have to get him down to about two thirds health before he does it. Um, The other thing is he is very susceptible to poison and there are poison throwing knives outside of this. So if you want to cheese it, that is that 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 is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So into the woods. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So down into this winding path. And so I'm going to say something. This is one of the biggest areas of the game by uh, by just sheer surface area. However, there's not an awful lot to talk about down here. It's just snakes, snakes, more snakes, some graves, some ground peanuts and uh, and some some river that you ultimately have to get to. 
This is where the strategy guide uh, fails me. Like, I love the guy. It's beautiful. But God help me if I can actually use it to navigate in any place in the game. Like, I just look up, like, I just look up the pages. And I'm like, I don't know how to apply this to the 3D environment in front of me. It just mm-hmm. my brain can't connect the two. And I just read it for the lore and for the item descriptions and for, you know, boss strategies and things like that. Like, using yeah. the maps is just like, yeah, I, I'll watch a YouTube. That's the best way I can find my way around. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls is very hard to map in general. Yeah, I think like they they've slowly approached getting you know getting better at it uh, the future press people, but they haven't quite got there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't blame them because like like I said, translating these these environments into a flat two D map is yeah. so hard to do. I can't imagine how hard yeah. it is for them to do it to publish. You know. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Like I, I didn't think you were blaming them. It's just it's a it's a property of the game, and it's part of the thing that makes the game so good. You know, it has this intense verticality to it. Um, and the areas are really intricately yeah. designed, um, but it does make it hard to figure out what's going on. Um, Specifically, so th- when you're dealing with the kind of foliage that you're doing, that, that you're looking at here too, and the fact that so much of what in the guide looks like just kind of like little paths that you can go on, they're actually very well hidden and kind of like camouflaged, um, like ramps and switchbacks and stuff that uh, don't avail themselves the way that you otherwise would like to. And it gets kind of into that next gen problem of as things get more detailed, it is you know it gets harder and harder to actually discern what it is trying to point you towards. It's also because combat is really constant mm-hmm. here. Like there are so many of those little snake balls that it's very easy to get turned around just because you're dodging and trying to live. Yeah. So like every time, you know, you fight one of these parasite guys, like, you know, if I'm trying to circle around to get behind him or or do anything, it's very easy to lose and kind of lose my place. Um, and as Bob alluded to earlier, if there are those glowing items in the, in front of you, you know, you're going the right direction. But that only lasts until you eventually, you know, end up dying down here. Um, yeah, so it, this is, it is, it is tough. Like, I don't, I like this area, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, but it is really, really hard and succeeds at what it's trying to do. Um, so I don't think I, I ever, I've, I've played it a few times, uh, a few dozen times, probably just going to the boss and such, but I don't think I've ever found the way to the boss intentionally. I think I always find it by accident and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then I find the other shortcut. I like, I can, I can never find mm-hmm. it intentionally. I had trouble this time finding the, finding the shortcut. Like yeah, the the, the, the map of this area that I created in my head was wildly inconsistent with what it actually looked like and we and the, and the way that it actually plays. In in general terms, you can follow the path that's in front of you, mm-hmm. which heads downward. And if you don't go after go after any treasure or anything and just follow that, it'll eventually lead you to an area that looks different mm-hmm. that you can make your way past. But that's all you know, that's a lot of uh kind of stipulations. Um, so yeah, so let's just talk about the couple things you find here. Like we're, we're not going to spend as much time talking about this as is, you know, commensurate with the amount of time you spend here. It's just so much of it is just trying like getting lost and turning around and, yeah, uh, there and are no real landmarks. <laughs> there's, there's like, there's that one giant tree that brilliantly looks like a giant mass of snakes. <laughs> like from a distance, it's like, Oh, that's the biggest snake in the world. And then you get a better look at it and it's a giant mass of branches. I was worried that it was really, one of the, even, like a hydra or something like oh, the yeah. bloodborne yeah. version of a hydra. This this does that's, feel I mean, like the like. garden. This does feel like dark root. Yeah, and and even some of the plants have the same silhouette as gather like bunches of snakes in this. Like it's really really well made to make you constantly looking in the the periphery of your vision for snakes. <laughs> yeah, um, I, f- I find that locking on in this area, just like clicking the lock on button before I run forward <laughs> is helpful because you can barely see the snakes in the grass because the grass is always moving. 
the snakes are the same mm-hmm. color and they can take you by surprise and they can all, all they can also like slow you down if you're fighting something else. So they're yeah. not hard to take on one by one, but if they sneak up on you, you're kind of dead. If it was a snake, it would have hijacked your body. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm imagining like kind of a de- deadly premonition style <laughs> climbing into your mouth. Oh God! <laughs> that's a flashback to like some other podcast <laughs> that you also were on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> huh? So there are a couple of runes you can get here, and they are they are actually uh, versions of each other. Uh, so there's the deep sea runes, uh, which allude to the idea that in this dream language of the old ones, uh, large volumes of water are like the bulwark guarding sleep. So the idea that there is this barrier between the sleeping vulnerable mind and these crazy truths that are trying to um, uh, infect it. I don't know what that has to do with poison resistance, but it's there. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or frenzy resistance or the other resistances you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, arcane resistance, I think, is another one you can get here. Yeah. Because um, there's a bunch of them. And that's, that's uh, explicitly Lovecraftian. Yeah. This idea of a gigantic body of water um, hiding this, you know, giant sleeping, you know, god. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's, that's Cthulhu. Um, the, uh, you can find this grave, uh, grave guard set here which is a really useful armor that is super ugly so i don't like wearing it for fashion fashion born reasons but uh this guy's a, a character like he is uh this is um one of willem's lieutenants yeah this who, is... uh, one of two or what is his name doris yeah, dorn dorn um and he was sent with another the other one of willem's uh lieutenants to go into the uh the labyrinth go into the uh the chalice dungeons and they both went mad yeah and uh and came back and then he was set to, to guard the forest yeah so the forest and the scores and scores of bodies buried within. Um, yes. Yeah. So the, yeah. like, this is like, this is part of the duumvirate that is alluded to by some of the, uh, <laughs> by the dyad, uh, that is, uh, that is alluded to by some of the armor that you find in the, in the chalice dungeons themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, once you get near the bottom, <laughs> there's this canal. Um, I, I too thought it was a cave, but it's actually like a ravine. Like you can mm. see the ceiling from here. Yeah. Um, full of these celestial emissary <laughs> uh, things that we've seen in uh, Yosefka's clinic, including like the next level ones. Yes, the ones with these tendrils growing out of them that will do ranged attacks, which, you know, after Yosefka, I treated these like they were going to be pushovers and they are totes not. No, yeah, this is my first encounter with them. So <laughs> the initial ones are our pushovers, but the guys that use uh, sorcery or whatever you want to call it, they can really blast you. Yeah. So it's super nasty. And like you know, you know this this makes me kind of think that it is a color out of space kind of thing because this ravine is also full of just a tremendous amount of like alien looking fauna. Like the tendrils yeah. that are growing out of these things heads appear to be growing off of the rocks and such themselves. There's an awful lot of bioluminescence happening um or you know in the corners yeah. of this place. And there are certain growths in the forest, I noticed, that look like these uh, kind of slug-type creatures that I'm sure we'll see later in the game. I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, there's a lot of just kind of iconography and signaling of, like, different different things that we'll see before and later that are they're kind of supposed to catch you. Um, with the color of space thing, I don't know. So the best I, the best explanation I have for why these guys are here has to do with, with fake Yosef, so Yosefka's clinic. Mm-hmm. Is they somehow got there from there? Like she's experimenting on people and they escaped, or she threw somebody who wasn't quite dead mm-hmm. down the chute, and they and they made their way. You know, they're drawn towards towards Bergenworth mm-hmm. um, and head down there. That's the best I have. But the color out of space thing, I don't know if it's because 
like they could have just grown there. Like there are meteorites here that are somehow infecting mm -hmm. the area or just the area where these things hang out turns into this kind of corrupted alien yeah. landscape. And there's a little bit of that later, like a, a major area we're going to run into these later has a, a, like a heavy floral theme yeah. to, uh, to how they interact with that. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that it works both ways. Like the causality is like dude, like two sided. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, they give you the anti-clockwise uh, metamorphosis rune if you follow this this ravine to the end, which mm -hmm. is uh, gives you a boost your endurance. Yeah, and it's a pretty good rune. Mm -hmm. And alludes to kind of uh, if you if you haven't guessed it, transformation is a theme in this game, um, and there is a sect that is trying to do it intentionally. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, there is a large ravine that uh, is kind of like overgrown with trees and these exposed roots that are that that is presided over by a by a boar. Uh, that you can go down and then beyond this uh, is a kind of stairway leading either up to this forbidden uh, kind of like gravesite with a kneeling body and one of these metamor metamorphosis runes or down to the, uh, the, the the boss fight arena. Yeah. And there's actually two boars. Like there's one kind of off to the left and one to the right. Yeah. Um, again, like, and we're searching for our channelers in this game. The <laughs> boars are not that. Nope. Um, I no. don't know why these guys are here at all. <laughs> Um, like it doesn't even seem that hospitable. Like they can barely fit in this place. I think yeah. it just grew up and was yeah. trapped. Yeah. Aww. No, I'm sad. <laughs> um, the uh, so you know you make your way through. There's the the path to the shortcut is somewhere around here as well, which you definitely want because it's, you'll probably bounce off this boss a couple times. Mm -hmm. And you head down, and then you know you head down these stairs, and you run to the the shadows of Yarnum. Boy, oh boy, this Gary, this was my Waterloo. <laughs> this was this was yours. Yes. I the next the next one was mine, but this <laughs> one was this took me a while too. How about you, Bob? How do you like the Shadows of Yarnum? I hate to come off like a pro elite like super gamer. Oh, but... so I just have to get good. Okay, cool. Fine. <laughs> I don't want to say that. I, I had my own problems with some bosses, but um, this boss and the next boss I beat on my first try by myself. And I don't consider myself that great at the Souls and Bloodborne games, but for some reason, I just figured it, I figured it out. And uh, it'll, it'll probably make you feel better to know that I couldn't beat it by myself this time. I don't know what stars align that first time, but <laughs> this time I needed to pull some people in. But um, it can be tricky if you're by yourself. But the, the magic guys are a lot weaker. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, we we, we should explain who, who they are real quick, who the, the guys are. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, it's three, uh, three kind of ring wraith looking guys. Yeah. Um, who fight and it's it, the boss fight it most reminds me of are the grave robbers from uh, the DLC of Dark Souls 2 mm -hmm. um, the uh, you know the three three dudes who are dressed up in the greatest hits armor um, <laughs> from previous games um, but these guys all have kind of different movesets there's a there's a, a straight up mage um, there's a half elven fighter mage and then a fighter <laughs> samurai guy yep and uh, and they all just kind of cover each other um and they're they're humanoids like you can parry these guys yeah um you, you can fight them normally but the trick is that you're fighting a lot of them at once yeah and each of them like aside from like the samurai is a little bit easier to deal with like him getting a hold of you is less kind of catastrophic than the others mm -hmm. um i think that the, the the dark horse in this is the the the, the half elfin sorcerer bard or whatever who uh, does a little bit of both because his uh his candle that he carries lets him turn into what was always for me a one hit kill flamethrower yeah mm -hmm. it's very easy to get stun locked in that flamethrower yeah 
Um, and the pure mage also does uh, kind of uh, like a spread shot of fireballs that will track you. Yeah, if you don't watch out. <laughs> the um, So the, the big thing is there are these gigantic gravestones and you want to be kind of constantly circling. Like the same thing as when you fight the, the, the gang squad from uh, Sunken King is just always have guys chasing you and just get on the other side of this gravestone and then kind of make your stand, you know. And uh, the first time I beat it, that's how that's entirely why I did before I was introduced to the cannon this mm-hmm. time. <laughs> um, it's also like a really popular co-op spot just because anytime there's more than one boss, yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense to bring people in. Um, the, the twist of these guys, though, is as you take down their health, uh, they gain, they mutate and gain powers. These guys start snaking <laughs> up. Yep. Um, so they have, they have three stages. Um, the first one, they just kind of use snake arms to like attack further. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they can kind of throw their sword a little bit. Yeah. A little bit further and stuff. And the, the spell guy gets more spells. Um, but the third stage is a real <laughs> son of a bitch. God, this is um, yeah. like, this made it feel impossible to me. This is where I got like, you know, it's bad enough if you're like, okay, so if I get an enemy down to like two thirds health and I die a bunch of times, I just think, hmm, I just haven't figured out the trick to this yet. There's a way that I can economize this and figure out the pattern. But when but when it's one of these situations where it feels like you're on the edge of victory and it gets so hard that you constantly die right on the doorstep of victory, that is incredibly demoralizing. Because what happens that here? That was me and uh, Fume Knight in Dark Souls 2. Mm. I believe it took me maybe, I'm not even kidding, between 50 to 60 tries oh, Jesus. to beat him. And then... Yeah. Once it happened, I was like, I'm never doing that again. I'm happy <laughs> that I did it, but it will never happen again. Yeah. So what happens is they kind of grow snake heads. Like they turn into that one uh, like like bad guy from He-Man. Um, and mm-hmm. they all of a sudden can attack anywhere in the arena. By summoning gigantic tremors like snakes. Yep. Like giant snakes come from the ground mm-hmm. and will attack you and probably one-shot you. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, like if you can't dodge them, um, and you can't really do anything about them. It just—it's like an area effect spell that wears off. Like you just kind of have to. <laughs> you know, I, I've actually never seen that happen. You, you should check it out on YouTube because it's—it's it's pretty cool looking. It's pretty metal <laughs> while still being obnoxious to fight. Yep. <laughs> I mean, um, this time I have seen new grab attacks and things like that, but um, I haven't seen that—that that move pulled off in my game yet. Mm. Well, I think it's the the window in which they can do it is the smallest one because they they switch to second phase pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing a lot of damage, you can actually while they're transforming, they're they're vulnerable. Um, you can do a lot of damage to them more. Like kind of the the pro tip is just like focus fire on one, and then once he starts transforming, do your damnedest to finish that one off, because you don't want to be dealing with you know three of them in the final phase. That's the worst possible thing. Yeah. It's oh, like God, the opposite yeah. of throne watcher or defender. Like you don't <laughs> want them to all have 20% health. Yeah. You're much better having one person dead, one person with like 50 and one person with a hundred. Yeah. Um, you just want as few is bodies any, as possible um, on the, the battlefield. Is there any lore behind these characters? There is, but it's very difficult to talk about without spoiling something important about the very end of the game. That's why I wanted to ask first. Um, Their name is significant, but not in the way that you you would think by the fact that they are called Shadow of Yarnum. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that because I I don't actually know. I mean, I might know once you say it, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, I mean, I can I can censor it out, but um, I'll I'll drop a marker there. Uh, they, they, They are not. The, the reason why oh. I wasn't sure about that was because they drop, when you kill them, they drop this um, this rune, this Blood Rapture rune, which makes explicit reference to Kanehurst. Mm-hmm. And like, 
they're not Kanehurst enemies. Like I, I couldn't come up with a connection. That's like no. the pathway I kept trying to go down. It's like, why are these, are these guys connected at all to, to that? Just because, you know, your drops. And it made me want boss souls back so bad. <laughs> Cause that was such an awesome, like lore shortcut. Like it was mm-hmm. just, you know, not even a shortcut, but like, here's a little bit of concrete narrator provided information you're going to get about every boss in the game. That's more text, you know, right? Like it gives you something solid to anchor to. And this, the reward you get for these guys just feels arbitrary. Mm hmm. Like, it just doesn't have anything to do with Kanehurst. It has nothing to do with the Queen of the Vilebloods. Um, so, yeah, that, I thought that was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, as a reward. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like the other the, the, the other kind of, like, metatextual stuff that you find around them is stronger than what you pick up from them. So that makes it kind of annoying that you pick up something so unrelated. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just the, the metatextual stuff. At the time you face them in the game, you don't mm-hmm. know about any of that. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, you know, you... Uh, you can just go by what you read yeah um at the time yeah but uh if you want a life hack for the for these guys you can carry your bagel sandwiches to work on an old dvd spindle no um <laughs> you can um uh, they're they're incredibly uh susceptible to bolt damage so if you have either the 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 tonitrus which you can get by going to uh to Yahargul, um or if you have bolt paper um they you can you can take them down uh relatively easily um, so that is ultimately what enabled me to beat them uh, the first time and also this time as well. The uh, even even more so the um, if you have the shaman bone blade, mm-hmm. which you can find in chalice dungeons, if you've been doing chalices the way that I think they're intended to rather than the way we did it and save them up until the end, mm-hmm. um, you can make them fight each other hmm. for a while. And uh, it's really great. Like if you bring in three, that will fuck up their shit significantly. <laughs> um, if you uh, bone blade the guy who does the flamethrower, he can. You know, do serious, serious damage to his friends. It turns into a doom encounter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And after you beat these guys, um, you're open up into Bergenworth, which is what we're going to be covering next episode. We're going to be covering mm-hmm. uh, Bergenworth and the uh, the jail, yeah. um, which is part of the Yargol, the hidden city, which we possibly could have gone to already, but we haven't talked about. And uh, the guest that I want for that, that I have semi-lined up, I'm still waiting for confirmation, so I won't mm-hmm. say. Um, but if it works out, it will be cool. Mm-hmm. And if not, we will. I will find a different guest. Yeah, we'll watch and the social channel. Want to tell, uh, tell the listeners, get ready for laser centipedes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Those guys, those guys are back. Well, because we did the chalice one, so we ran to those guys earlier than their first appearance. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you mentioned yeah. that, man. Yeah. I can't explain yeah. those enemies, but they're cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I'm talking about at a the picture. first encounter with them. Good. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of one right now. I don't know that I could describe one, and I feel like I'm pretty good at describing things. I think Laser Centipede's pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. Um, yeah. So watch Social Network, uh, social media, and we will uh, watch Social Network. It's not. It's a pretty good movie for bringing about Facebook, and then watch uh, social media in general, and we'll announce who our next guest is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until next time, um, Bob. Thanks again yeah. for joining us to talk about this area. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah, it's lots of fun. It's my favorite area in the game. I'm pretty sure. At this point, mm-hmm. the uh, I will be curious as to what how you feel after you get through Kanehurst. I mean, I don't want to build up too much. I just like Kanehurst a lot. Um, so far, remind... I'm really impressed, and I love like snowy, icy levels. So I want to see what they do with that theme. So I've only yeah. seen the like the entrance to the castle right now. Mm-hmm. So it could end up being my favorite. Who knows? Hmm. Tune in to Bob's Twitter <laughs> for that. Yeah. And what is, what is that Twitter? Where can people find you online, Bob? Oh, you can find me at uh, Bob Servo on Twitter. And like I said before, I'm also at uh, Retronauts.com for the Retronauts podcast and USGamer.net for my day job and uh, SomethingAwful.com for my bi-monthly comedy article I do for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. All recommended things. Um, you know, all, all things that I, I too follow. Um, yeah. And what, uh, what can they do for us, Cole, if they want to help us out? Well, uh, we have a Patreon uh, set up that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That is a fantastic way to support us because it uh, um, helps us, you know, afford gear and uh, helps us uh, just kind of do more cool stuff across the entire network, not just for this show itself. Um, people who would like to like maybe meet us, uh, or, uh, see us do a podcast. Uh, we just announced this on another show. Uh, we're going to be at the Portland retro games expo. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. that is a great, uh, a event and B opportunity to, uh, to come out and say hi. So if you're in the area, I want to make sure that, uh, that, uh, people know that that is an opportunity. Uh, not to piggyback on your plug, uh, Cole, but I'll be there too. <laughs> <laughs> and I might be doing a podcast. I, I might be doing a panel if it's not too late to submit one. Mm. Oh, cool! You'll have to tell me about that off mic. Yes, um, I would okay. love to, to hear about that if, if you're willing to. Like I just said, you have to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, now I have a, to. Like we're, yeah. I'm, I'm not ending the Skype call until you tell me. <laughs> um, the uh, no, I, if you want to tell me, you can. Mm. If you don't want to, also okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll talk about that more when it gets a little closer too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd love to, to meet people, um, even though we're doing it for Watch Out for Fireballs, not for uh, Bonfire Side Chat. Yeah. But I, I like to think if you like Bonfire Side Chat, you'll like Watch Out for Fireballs, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the, yeah, uh, if you have any... Th- oh, I was going to say the, the, the other the other thing uh, would be uh, Facebook.com slash Bonfire Side Chat. Uh, sometime over the past couple episodes, we've passed 1,000 likes, uh, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and huge. Um, and I'm so happy that we have people there joining the conversation because we have some awesome fans who are incredibly helpful. Um, and uh, make that a good, positive environment. Yeah, and if if, uh, uh, if you get annoyed listening to the show when we're like, oh, we don't want to talk about that thing yet because it's spoilery, um, that's the place to talk about it. Yep. So um, you can you can head on there and ask us questions after the spoiler stuff, and we will know that you, uh, you're you in the know, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. Oh, also so. a warning. After Bergenworth, which you can write in about at uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact, the spoiler coverage is going to be off right so yes that is the point of no return that is the wall yep you've had time to uh to play bloodborne if you're going to be able to mm-hmm. um at that point if if not if you're just experiencing it vicariously through the podcast um we're gonna start talking about all the secrets so as they come up like it's not just gonna be like in the beginning there was the <laughs> church, and, and just go through everything but as think we're gonna stop being kg at all yeah um, i also feel like yeah. bloodborne is a hard game to spoil out of context yes so yes. not to not to excuse like people mm-hmm. being spoiled or anything, but I feel like it's a hard game to spoil people on. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Mm. Like, because uh, nothing makes sense on its own <laughs> as a, as a statement, and it does that kind of switch. Like we we've been talking about a little bit, where like the game is secretly not about werewolves, <laughs> so a lot of the things that pop up in the first half of the game don't necessarily have direct bearing on the things you would spoil. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Until uh, next time, Cole. What should they do? Um, they should just uh, don't send people to Yosefka's. I'm sorry, I didn't mind the dialogue for a good one, so <laughs> I, I done goofed. I'm so sorry. I let you all don't, down. Don't send people to Yosefka's is pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Beware of Yosefka. Mumbasa. 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 And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Thank you for playing ball on that. It's been a while since we had a, uh, since we had a guest throw in the, um, the Umbasa. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I, I like when you guys do it and watch out for fireballs. It's nice. <laughs>